Welcome to Play by Players, an MLSPA podcast. This show is brought to you by the players and is all about the players, both past and present, who have plied their trade in MLS. You'll hear about each player's journey into the game, their careers and life after the game, on the field and off. It's all on the table. Now here's your host, former MLS player, Bobby Boswell. Hey, everybody. Thanks for uh, for joining in today. I'm joined by a long-time, long-time former teammate of mine. I think we played together for uh, seven seven minutes total on the field, uh, maybe six months off it. But uh, we were teammates in Atlanta. This is an MLS Cup champion. He's a Campionis Cup champion. Uh, he won the U.S. Open Cup. He was the uh, rookie of the year, his, his first year in the league. Uh, very honored to have Julian Gressel on the show today. Thanks, Bobby. I'm honored to be here as well. Thanks. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, we were joking before this thing started that you, we've got the Gressel special. Uh, we've got, uh, I, I think your segment on there is Wrestle with Gressel. Uh, we've got Gressel Mania. So the Gressel's, Gressel's been a name that's become more of like a household name. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great honor to have you on. And, and uh, I see you're growing the beard. Tell me about how you're handling this quarantine. Yeah, the beard is, is finally coming in a little bit. It looks, looks nicer than what it actually looks like in person, I feel like. Um, but yeah, the quarantine is, is all right. It's going fine. Um, we're, we're at home just like everybody else. I'm, I'm still trying to get my workouts in as best as I can. Trying to still stick to a routine with, with going on, on runs in the morning and doing that stuff, get it out of the way, and then doing different stuff in the afternoon if that's you know playing PlayStation, connecting with family back home, or or maybe listening to some more podcasts and then doing a little bit, bit of self-evaluation and then self-development in that sense. Um, but yeah, my, my wife is, is pregnant, so we're um, getting all of that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, congrats, so. congrats. I, I know you're a, you're a very known uh, big fan of your dog, and, and I always say guys and people that love their animals, uh, you know, I say if, if you think that someone – posts a lot about their uh, their animals wait till they have a baby and uh, you know it's going to be even uh, it's going to be a more of a range of emotions but uh, I'm really excited for you I was I was hoping that you'd be able to do the old burn bomb uh, belly uh, belly after you scored a goal but um, you know are, are you are you excited about it you nervous a little bit of both uh, a little bit of both but um, at first we were super excited because uh, i think it's it's been in the works a little bit for us we we wanted to have a, a, a baby soon and uh yeah for it to happen now um with the move to dc it kind of all fell on the same same time during the same time you know we we got up here we moved up here and then i think as i was on a, on a preseason trip my wife called me up and was like hey i'm, I'm pregnant um and uh yeah so we finished the move we got up here we found a doctor everything's Everything's going well so far, so yeah, we're excited. I can't wait to be a dad. To be honest with you, I'm I'm a guy that that loves to listen to stories like like the ones that you told in the locker room and other guys told in the locker room about their kids. And um, I'm certainly in, in for something special, and I'm excited about it. Oh, well, that's awesome! Congratulations. Um, you know, I, I we talked about you staying in shape. You know, are you? I've seen you. You've been running around the national mall and on the monuments, and uh, you know, are you are you handling the uh, I want to get into the transition later more from a, a player side, but from a mental side, are you, are you handling the transition okay to the new city? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I was actually really happy that we, we got everything done before, before the whole uh, pandemic hit really. Um, we, we moved everything. We found a place quick, uh, which we're actually going to move again very soon to a house obviously because of the baby. 
Um, but yeah, we got it done early and then that transition has been going well. Um, the club has been super helpful um, from the first second on really where they're trying to get me settled in and then trying to make sure we're, we're happy. Obviously my wife and the dog as well. That was a big part and we found a place close to the stadium and close to the close to the city. Um, like you said, uh, uh, the runs to the capital and the monument, is, it's, it's not too far of a run. Um, we actually walk there quite a bit as well if we're just going on a regular casual walk. But yeah, it's been it's been a good transition and uh, I'm excited about to be here in the capital and kind of get to know the life, even though it's a little bit different at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Uh, and, you know, let's throw it back. You know, I know you've listened to these podcasts before. We like to talk about your 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 start and we talk about transition. No transition was bigger uh, than you know, going from where you're from in Germany uh, to the United States. And uh, kind of one of the things I learned about you that I didn't know when I was uh, researching this, this interview uh, was that you, your grandfather was a, was he a manager of a, of a team back in, in Germany? Yeah. Yeah, he was. He's like a GM. Um, long time, to be honest with you. It was just a hometown team. We, we had, Actually, when I was younger, we had built a house literally across the street from the soccer field there. Um, so I'd go play there all the time. My dad played for the club as my grandpa was, uh, was a GM. So I was, I was on road trips with my dad. I was involved as, as a player was involved. Like I was in there as a, as a freaking three, like seven-year-old. I was part of that team, basically. Um, everybody knew me by name, all the people that... And it, it was such a small town and such a small club where everybody knows, like, you know each other, you know. And then now for me to grow up and then kind of come back um, and then have a little bit of success here in the U.S., everybody in that hometown is now talking to my grandpa and he's all proud, speaking back home about it. About it. But, uh, yeah, that, that transition, to go back to your, your thought um, on the transition to the U.S., it was, um, it was, it was difficult. Um, mostly because of the language. Um, I was a pretty open, I'm a pretty open-minded person in general. So culturally, I kind of, you know, w was happy about it and, and kind of see how, how I took it and how I could develop. Um, but from a language perspective, that was probably the biggest thing to start. Yeah, language. And, you know, for uh, uh, it's one of the four romance languages. It's such a beautiful, uh, it's not, no, it's, it's not, not beautiful, <laughs> but um but no, I, I think it's I think it's impressive your story and that you know it's a little bit of uh, you kind of get shut down you know you're a late bloomer right uh, kind of like myself except you just kept getting more talented and I just got bigger um, but it was one of those where you were you were kind of shut down in the youth ranks there and then uh, you found like an online service to come to the U.S. It kind of sounds like a tender for soccer players or, or something like that. But you end up, how do you end up coming to the U.S.? How do you make that decision to, to come play uh, college soccer versus trying to stick it out and play pro in, in Germany? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't an easy time because obviously I wanted to keep my family involved as much as possible. But um, I was basically at a time in Germany where I'd, I'd just finished high school. Um, and I wanted to continue on studying um, because of my background and because of I kind of got shut down at academies, you know, so I kind of knew that I had to prepare for something else if, if I wasn't turning pro and I wasn't making, making money right away um, with, with just playing soccer. Um, so I decided that um, I would like to take, to take the next step here in the U.S. and, uh, and combine um, studying and playing at a pretty high level that then ultimately still gives me a chance to become a professional player and fulfill that dream. Um, and that was 
yeah, it was the easiest way for me to come to the U.S. to do that. It wouldn't have been possible to even play amateur at the highest amateur level that I was playing at in Germany and go study at the same time. You'd have to miss trainings. Um, you'd have to prioritize one thing over another, and I didn't really want to do that. Um, so I saw the way here. I, I, I got to experience the culture a little bit through an exchange program a few years before. Um, so I kind of knew what I was getting myself into in the U.S. in general. And then one day I got a Facebook message from that, uh, from that organization that you just said. It's like a, like a matching service uh, kind of a thing. But it's basically like an agent um, okay. that you sign up with. Um, you just create an online profile and, and then colleges can go in on the website, look at your profile, look at your videos. And there's people actually reaching out to colleges as well to, to then form a connection and, and see what colleges, what players they're looking for and then kind of what the player, where the player would fit in that. Yeah, it, was, it started with a Facebook message. I replied and she was like, hey, here, sign up here and we'll kind of get you started. And yeah, then it kind of just got rolling and rolling and I never looked back from there, to be honest. Yeah, and you did, you did really well at college. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, going to the Final Four for a team, that, as far as I know, y'all had never been to the Final Four, yeah. right? I mean, it, you go to the Final Four, you were up for uh, Herman Trophy uh, finalist, which is one of the best three college players. Um, you know, I think it's, I always, the transition in terms of people always want to compare, right? You want to compare how well is the MLS to, uh, the EPL or how well is the MLS to the Bundesliga. And, you know, when I was, uh, a little bit younger than you, maybe I tried to go over to Europe. I, I ended up with a, a stint in Turkey and then my backup plan, I, the only thing I could get at the time when I was playing with the national team was a second division trial in, in yeah. Germany. And I remember at the time thinking, like, I was offended, uh, like, oh, man, I can't believe I'm not even good enough to, you know, get a trial with a first team. Or, and then the trial was with the second team. And then we played a pickup, or not a pickup, a preseason game against Nuremberg, and they, they destroyed us. And, and I just remember thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm not good enough to even play in the second division in Germany. Um, you know, tell me about how good the level is there you know, versus a guy that comes over and, and you kind of from your freshman year, you just dominated the, the sport in college. And then you go to the, the pros and you dominate the MLS. I mean, what, tell me, you know, as a guy that's seen both sides of it, do you think that you would do well if you went back to Germany and, um, you know, kind of we don't get a lot of opportunity to have someone that can, that's been on both sides of it and can talk openly about it? Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I wish I could actually compare it directly because, I mean, I've never, the highest I've played in Germany was, was fourth division and that's still considered an amateur division, right? So I was never a pro um, in Germany, which, which I obviously growing up was, was my dream, right? To, to play in the Bundesliga and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's difficult to compare for me in that sense. But I think that um, ultimately for me, I just needed more time to develop and, and college gave me that time where in Germany teams don't have time, especially once you turn 18, 19, they don't have time to wait until you're 22, 21, 22, and then, then be able to play in the second Bundesliga, first Bundesliga, whatever it is. They, they just look for the best talent at that age. And, and yeah, and that's, that's kind of, and that's okay. You know, and I saw that as, all right, that that's how it is. And, I kind of take my, you know, take my determination and my, my, my drive, my work ethic somewhere else and kind of see if it's enough um, over here in the U.S. And ultimately, I just developed so much in college where um, obviously I had coaches at Providence that were awesome, that helped me a ton. 
um, that gave me that patience and that time to, to really help my game and, and, and ultimately succeed in college and then prepare me for MLS. And, um, and then you knew Tata. So, so Tata obviously loved me as a player right from the start. So I kind of got a little bit lucky there, I want to say, but, um, yeah, it's just, it just took a little bit for me. Um, and yeah, to really, I mean, I like to take my chances over in Germany. I, <laughs> I don't think anybody would say no. Um, if you're a competitor and then you want to, you want to play over there, um, or, or you want to compare yourself with the best. So I think, I think I'd like to take my chances there. Um, but again, I, I can't really completely compare it to say, yeah, I think an MLS, let's say Atlanta United, that won the MLS Cup would play in the middle of the Bundesliga. Like, I can't really say that just because it's so Yeah, hard, well, I, hard I was saying I thought the second division was, it might have been, you know, and granted, yeah. it, was, it was Nuremberg that same year they got, they, they got promoted. But, I mean, I was just blown away by, it was just more of a, the cerebral, right, of, of everyone understood how to move. And that was the part that, yeah. really, you know, you're, you're, I'm in Turkey where it was real individualistic. You know, they expected center backs to, like, dribble out of the back, beat two or three guys, and then play a ball to the midfielders. And, and then you got the, the Germans that are, you know, they're tactically superior, um, you know, moving all around. I, it was just, it was eye-opening for me, especially at a time where I thought I was being uh, shunned a little bit. Uh, then it was like, oh no, they're they're much better than than you are. Um, yeah, but. I think in the in the second Bundesliga, especially, it's it's where um, you have team tactics that are are so good, like coaching and then how the team plays together is is on another level over there. And individually, I feel like MLS is better players. Um, I'm not going to lie there. I, I think on an individual basis. Um, I think the, the level is better than in the second Bundesliga in Germany, but team tactically, I think there's there's a lot to learn. Uh, superior. Yeah. 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 Well, I brought I, every show. I bring something uh, for the guests in the show, uh, tell a story. And, and this one was from uh, an all-star game. Yeah, and uh, my story behind this, we played, uh, if you look here, this won't even fit my son. Uh, <laughs> this is like a child's T-shirt. Um, but uh, I think your favorite player was – Thomas Mueller, is that correct? He's one uh, of them. It was Boston Schweinsteiger. Okay, yeah. but you like so we play this team and and they just come off a World Cup victory in Brazil. Uh, so those guys had to play though. They had to play at least fifteen yeah. minutes. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah we right. play we play mostly the second team, which was still a world class team. And then they come on the field and and uh, Pep. This is the game where Pep is so angry, right? He wouldn't shake Caleb Porter's in hand Portland, after. Right? Yeah, in Portland and. Uh, and I, after the game, I'm, I'm standing next to uh, Thomas, and I say, hey, do you want to trade? And he said, no. He said, I'm not, I'm not allowed. And I said, seriously? And he said, the coach said no. And I was like, I know, but you're, you, you're a grown man. You can do whatever you want. And he said, no. Nah. He was laughing, like, no, I can't. And then I went to, like, Boateng, like, anyone around me that would do it. And no one, everyone said, no, Pep told us, no, we can't do it. And then Shakiri was like, yeah, I don't care. Here. He's like, I'm out of here anyway. So I traded with Shakiri, but uh, it, I can't ever wear it. Not that I wear jerseys I trade, but I thought you'd get a kick out of uh, yeah, out, nice. of, out of the German guys laughing in my face, like, "No, we're not, we're not trading with you." And it, you know, it was it was crazy how much control Pep had over those guys. But but uh, it wasn't it wasn't because of you, I guess it was because. No, of I, I know, I know, but I feel like if <laughs> let me put it like this, Henri, uh, Henri was there, and I think he had to trade at halftime two jerseys. And after the game, two jerseys because the yeah. guys all wanted Henri's jersey, and, and 
not to say that I'm, uh, I, I don't like to throw my name in there with his, but my point was they were trading yeah. if, if they wanted it. And, and if the coach said, Hey, I told you not to trade. And they were like, it's Thierry Henry. What do we, you know, it's like, okay, other than him, you know, why'd you trade with that goofy center back? Uh, that would get you in trouble. And Shakiri was shipped out like right after that. So I was like, man, he, he, he knew, but, um, all right, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, you know, we talked about Gresselmania uh, that started in Atlanta. Uh, just tell me, tell me about going from, you know, did you think you'd have as much success as you did when you went from college to the pros? I mean, I, I felt like you, you fell further back in the draft than you, than you should have. Um, you know, oh, did, appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, did, did you feel like, were you angry about that or did you feel, you know, were you happy to be in Atlanta? Were you just happy to be there? Or, or I mean, tell me about what your thoughts were coming in and MLS. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly was, was really open-minded about the whole situation. I just wanted to go somewhere where they really want me. Um, so it was any, anywhere in the, in the first round really would have been fine in that sense. Right. Because that's your first or first pick, even though for Atlanta, I wasn't even their first pick. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I still think that if they, if they take a number eight pick, then they, they really see something in you. So I wasn't really caught up with that number so much. Um, and I no, I didn't really expect to have that much success coming out of the gate. I just, I tried to stay true to myself. I tried to stay true to what got me to that point. Um, and, and ultimately I obviously knew there was an opportunity because the team was so new. Everybody was new. It wasn't just me. Um, the coach was new, so he maybe didn't even have those, you know, stipulations that sometimes come with all oh, you from the college. Um, let's, let's kind of see, see how you fit in with the second team or the third team. And then we'll see if you get a contract first of all. Um, so it, from that perspective, it was a bit different. So I kind of thought to myself, all right, just just be yourself, just work, work, work hard and, and, and be good, you know, be a good player, be a good teammate and kind of see where, where it gets yourself. Stick to the guys um, that, you know, have been around this league for a long time and that you can kind of relate to, hopefully look up to and, and they can give you advice. And that kind of ultimately just worked for me. And, and again, I think I got lucky, obviously a little bit with, with Atlanta and then thank you that to Tata and then, and, and obviously the front office to believing in me and all that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, but I ultimately just took a chance and, and just, yeah. Do you ran. feel, uh, you know, it's interesting that you bring up, uh, Tata and, and I'll get to why I think that, did, did you feel like from, you know, you were there longer after I left, but did you feel like from the get go till the end, you, you and Tata had a very good relationship or was it, um, you know, and, and I'll tell a story of why I asked that question after you answer that, that, you know, what I asked. Yeah, I, I felt like we had a really good relationship from the start. Um, obviously, that wasn't determined on draft night um, or, or anything like that. With We never really had long conversations just because you can't really, you couldn't really, I couldn't really speak Spanish and he couldn't really speak English. So um, it was just more through playing and simple things. But um, I, I guess I can tell you a story where I felt like, all right, there's a real chance here for me to do something, something bigger um, this year already. It was the first preseason trip and um, I think we flew straight down to Bradenton. Um, we didn't even train in Atlanta. We flew straight to Florida to, to go to training camp. And I think in the third training session, we played just small-sided games. And I went into, into a tackle with an academy player. And I just hurt my MCL a little bit. So I had to, to not – or I couldn't train for a couple days. 
Um, so I was out for, for two, three days, just getting treatment. And, and that was a time where Tata immediately implemented tactical sessions and did a lot of tactical work of how he wants us to play, what he wants our team to look like and everything. And, and as I kind of got ready to get back out there and then get back training, they had me run um, through some individual work for physicality and like my, fit, my fitness. And then at the end of it, there was his assistant coach, um, just wanted me to do some tactical work that the team had done the day before, just on an individual basis. Um, and the team was all, all the way on the other field. And, and I was over here all by myself with just the assistant coach. And I don't know what the other team was doing. I was focusing on my drill, but Tata actually went away from the team to walk over, uh, to my side of, or to my pitch and actually work with me to talk to me about certain movements of what he likes out of those positions. I was playing as a center mid or he played me as a center mid back then. But for him to kind of walk away from the team to really come over to me and spend, even if it was just 10, 15 minutes, um, which is a long time in training sessions, if they're only an hour and a half, just with me and just to talk to me and see how I do um, in those situations and in those movements was, was a really special moment for me. And that's kind of when I knew, all right, I think he sees something in me. And I think, I think if I'm just going to continue to work well, then, then we, can, we can do something special here. Yeah, and I, I tell people, when they ask me about Tata, I tell them the story of my, my first day with the team was uh, we had a video session, and, and I didn't realize how long the video sessions were going to be. <laughs> um, and I think most guys hated them because they were very long. But it was my first thing, and, and you got to realize I was like, let's see what this guy's all about, right? And um, I remember y'all, y'all had just tied Kansas City. I think Jacob scored a goal right at the end. Um, but the video session starts off, and I remember the first play was, uh, a ball played into Miguel and Jeff is uh, Jeff is facing the front of the field. And the whole point was, you know, play the ball, the simple pass. And Miguel had flipped the ball over a guy's head and, and ran down and almost scored a goal. Right. And Tata was pissed. He said, no, this is not what I tell you to do. Don't do it. And then, and then the next play, he showed you making these, he had a couple of clips of you making these really long diagonal runs. Right. And they're good runs. Yeah. I, I think even one of the English guys who, uh, they weren't real big on Tata. You know, I, uh, I, I think they were like, that's a great run. Like, this is, this, like, I think they even said something to you, like, Julian, don't listen to this. It's, it's a great run. And it was like Tata could sense that you weren't happy with being called out, right? And, and he said, oh, okay, let me show you uh, an example of what I want. And, and it was like they were in, in you know, the, the video guys in cahoots. They know what's coming. So they show a Real Madrid clip, right, of what he wants. He wants you to stay wide, not to run it. And then it, it was like, you know what? Let's show you a Bundesliga clip. You're a German guy. Let's show you the Bundesliga clip, right? And I remember being like blown away because I'm going, this guy's a rookie. He's making good runs, but and you didn't mouth off. You know, you weren't you weren't being disrespectful, but it was almost like he was saying, you know what? I'm gonna spend some extra time to really really drive this point home. And and I was just I was I was blown away because he calls out his best player and Miguel for doing something I thought was incredible. He said, I don't want you doing that. And then he's got, you've got your young rookie that, that is going to have a great career. And he spends a lot of, a whole video segment just going through and saying, Hey man, I know you think that's a good run, but that's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to do this. And he's got all these clips queued up just in case you have this idea that. Love that. Yeah. And I I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And uh, awesome. And that's why I wasn't sure, you know, I know he, he did go at you a lot, but it was to try to make you better. Um, you know, and that's why I ask if, if y'all had a good relationship, because whether, you know, whether y'all got along or not, we can both agree it's an incredible experience for you as a young player. But at the same time, 
uh, it sounds like y'all did, you know, your relationship was great throughout your time there, which, which makes me happy. Yeah, it was, it definitely was. And, and, and I certainly, I walked out of some meetings where I'm like, man, really? Like again, like, come on, like, just give me a break here. Like I've played four positions for you already. Like, all right. <laughs> but at the same time, I also had guys come up to me and, and after that and like Jeff, for example, Jeff Lorenowitz and be like, listen, that just means he cares about you. He cares about how you play and he just, he just wants to, you to get better. And then, and that's always how I saw it in the end, even though maybe sometimes in the heat of the moment I didn't, but, um it was it was a great time for me and, and i really appreciated him and then i think he appreciated whatever i gave to him as well yeah no that's incredible and then uh you, you mentioned you play all these different positions um you know how do you I, I know i don't think a lot of guys want to be known as a utility guy um what, what do you you know what would you like with dc i, I know we're getting ahead of where i want to go with this but you know where where do you see yourself uh you know, most natural position where you want to play and where you can be really yourself on the field? Um, it, it depends on the team around me. I've always said that, and I know it, it kind of sounds weird, but I, I think it just depends on what we have as players. I think I can, I can, I can fill roles um, to complement the team that we have. And, and um, I've obviously spoken to Ben a lot um, already, you know, where he's, he's, he feels like I can play a bit more central um, at times when, when he, when he, when he sees it, that it could help us. Um, but he also told me that I have to get better at it. And then obviously um, I want to, uh, I, I think that ultimately going towards furthering my career, I think I want to be a center mid and a true number eight, number 10, whatever it is, but um, kind of that, that midfielder that goes up and down, you know, that that's kind of everywhere. Um, but I'm, I'm going to have to get better at that. And then I know that, but, uh, I think Ben already knows that he can put me as a, as a right winger and uh, I feel at home out there. He can put me as a, even a right back and that I get adjusted pretty quick. And even if we play three in the back, I can be a right wing back and or center mid. I think our MLS cup run, I, I played left side at center mid with, uh, Darlington and, and Eric or Jeff, I think. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, so it was. It's it's ultimately kind of depends on what the coach thinks is just best, um, and yeah, yeah I'll, I'll stick with that. <laughs> well, I I personally love you on the wing. I mean, I just uh, you see the field, you know, and, and things that uh, I, a lot of people have haven't seen in our league. I know when I watch you know game tape and I I follow Atlanta obviously when I left, and you know some of those balls you put in early behind guys. Uh, it's like Joseph would just see it and just go and he knew that you'd, you'd deliver it and you know and then guys got to drop off and that gives you the chance to drop some bombs you know and you were capable of doing that so um you know I, i'm excited i'm a little upset with obviously the timing of, of what happened uh with the pandemic because you know you, you're gearing up for soccer and i was really excited having played in dc so long to see a guy that i liked in atlanta go there um i was excited for this year but uh, fortunately for me, you're a young guy, so I'll, I'll get to see more. Talk to me about going from Atlanta to DC because I did the opposite, and a lot of things have changed since I was in DC in terms of the facilities, and they have their own stadium and things like that. But uh, I, I said I went from probably one of the least soccer daily friendly uh, setups from a player standpoint to the most friendly in Atlanta. Uh, you're kind of doing the opposite, uh, but tell me, how did you handle that transition uh, from from Atlanta to to DC United? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I first I tried to to speak to some guys. I, I was in touch as 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 the situation kind of developed with with a trade being more likely. I knew that there was a couple clubs um, that it could end up being, and and I talked to some guys on those teams, and one of them was Russell Canals here, um, who I even instantly connected with, um, and he kind of just yeah just told me how it was. He, he didn't lie about it. He just told me told me how it really was, and. And so that get, gets your first idea of, of what you what you're getting yourself into. Um, but I knew it was going to be different from Atlanta. Atlanta was a great setup. I mean, you you were there, obviously, you just said it. So um, from a day to day perspective, it was awesome. Um, and to leave kind of something like that uh, was always going to be a transition and then difficult. Um, but that being said, I think everybody here at DC United has has made me feel very welcome. Um, they've kind of opened their arms, and you can tell that they're. They're a bit more of a, of a close-knitted club, of a close-knitted locker room in general, where guys, um, yeah, there aren't too many South American players, and, and if, if, if there's one, then some of them like speak pretty good English, um, to be honest. So it, it's a pretty close locker room in that sense. Um, and from the facilities, I mean, I obviously knew the new stadium. I've played in that, and, and I, I knew that they had training out of there, so... Um, I was excited to be out of RFK, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, hey, don't talk bad about my, my old stomping grounds, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then I think, I think ultimately the club is in a, in a, in a good position to, to kind of um, evolve over the next few years. Still, so I know there's plans to, to do a training facility um, that will be out in Virginia. Um, that will be hopefully done sooner than later, and I think the plan is next year, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to be part of this club. I obviously, like I said, I think the the group and then the and the the coaching staff and the front office has has really welcomed me, and, and that obviously makes it easy to to walk in and then be yourself, and then kind of just adjust and and um, yeah, and then, then just put your best foot forward. Yeah, and then I I, I you know I follow uh, all things DC, uh, obviously all things Houston, all things Atlanta, because that's those are the three clubs I played for. I, I noticed Ben. Uh, he was on an MLS uh, interview, kind of. I think you followed him up a couple days later with uh, Susanna and maybe Kalen or Charlie. But yeah. Ben, Ben was talking about you in particular, saying uh, you've already kind of embraced your role in, in DC uh, in the community. Can you tell me about uh, you know some of the things that you've already gotten going? Um, you know, not just the the podcast with this Gressel special, but some of the, uh, the charitable things you're doing during this time. Yeah. And that, that really just, just carried over from Atlanta where, where obviously I did the golf tournament last year, um, where we raised some funds to build some more soccer fields in the city of Atlanta. Um, and, and ultimately during this kind of pandemic situation where everybody's staying at home and you can't really do much, um, just had me thinking of, of how can we still help and, and make an impact on, on people's lives that, that really needed most. Um, I was always a, a guy that just looks at my platform of how best I can use that to impact as many people as I can in a positive way. And, and I ultimately just reached out to our, our, our group um, with the team and just asked them, asked the guys if they would be willing to put together a, a little GoFundMe page, something very simple, um, just to help a local organization that delivers food or, or helps kids or, or whatever it is. I, I obviously didn't know many. Um, in, in that sense yet, because I've only been here for two months. But um, so we talked a little bit and they were all willing to helping and willing to do something. So that's obviously great. Um, if you have teammates that, that support you in that sense. And then 
Um, I reached out to the club, uh, one of our team administrators, to ask him about if there's organizations that the club wants us to work with or um, what he thinks are, are good ones for us to support. Um, and Martha's Table um, was a great one that came up that I instantly absolutely loved their mission. Um, is just to support um, people or, or families that, that really need it most. If that's with meals, if that's with school supplies, if that with, uh, excuse me, if that's with diapers, um, you know, those, those are simple things that, that everybody needs. And, and Martha's Table was, was, was awesome in that sense. Um, so we put, put that together and, and yeah, I think we've raised a little over $10,000 or right around that. Um, I think we've, we've committed, the club has committed a good amount of, of money to donate um, at the end of it all. And, and we're still trying to trying to get as much together as possible for us from our end as players. Um, and it's just a little simple way for us to, to kind of help people in this during this difficult time. And now I obviously want to continue that, you know, I, I think I've, I've made that pretty clear during my time in Atlanta where um, that's just me. That's just me who I am. That's, that's, that's my wife shares the same uh, values in that sense. Um, to really use our platform and use time and, and, and energy to, to really help people that, that really need it most. And if that's a golf tournament down the road or if that's different events, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But, um, yeah, we'll just kind of, kind of see and see and see what's, what's ahead here. But well, no, that's, to do that stuff. yeah, that's awesome. And I think, uh, the, the people notice it and I think, you know, DC, they love, they love people that'll, uh, you know, that do well on the field and that help do well off the field. So, um, you know, I think they're, they're lucky to have you there. You brought up an interesting point. You talked about your wife, uh, which would make you eligible, uh, I think in 2022, is that right? Two years. Yeah. Two years. I think. Yeah. So we, I remember I did a podcast with you at a bar, uh, with the Cooligans, uh, shout out to those guys up in New York. Um, uh, you admit they'd asked you about ever playing for the U.S. men's national team, and you said when you'd given up your, you know, you were still holding out hope that there was a chance to represent Germany. Um, but now that there's more of a date on it, um, are you are you looking at if it's a possibility? Um, which I mean, it's going to be a possibility. But uh, are, are you are you more open minded to the possibility of playing for the U.S. men's national team? Um, I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm definitely going to want to get my uh, American citizenship. I think that's um, with just the guy who I am and, and our family, um, I would want to get the American passport um, once that is available to me. And, and that with that obviously comes U.S. national team eligibility. So um, we'll kind of just have to wait and see at, at what position, obviously, the national team's in and what position I'm in on the soccer field and the soccer side of things. Um, I've always said that I, I love living in the U.S. I love this country um, as if I grew up here and as if, if, if it is my home. Um, so I, it would obviously be a, a tremendous honor to play for the U.S. and, and to represent um, this, this great country. I'm, I'm living the American dream. Um, I've, you know, I've come here as a foreigner. I've, I've married. I've gotten married now. I've uh, um, starting a family. We're in the process of buying a house. So it, it's all coming together. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll just kind of have to see, I think in two years I can, I can be eligible to get my passport and, and then we'll kind of see, see what, uh, Greg Berhalter or whoever the coach will be at that time thinks. And then, and then they'll make that decision ultimately. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you're going to be in the mix and, uh, you know, I know 
I feel like U.S. soccer fans get more excited about the possibilities uh, than, you know, then the guy joins the team and then they're already looking to, uh, who's the next guy in the pipeline? But, um, but, but let me ask you this. That's business. Yeah, it is. It is what it is, right? Um, you know, just having gone through, uh, I'm going to get a little PA on you here. Uh, it's, it is a PA podcast. Uh, having just recently going through uh, the process of trying to get more money and be paid what you're, what you're owed. And I know there's a lot more to it than that, but uh, in the grand scheme of it, you were severely undervalued uh, or underpaid for, for your contributions, you know, not just to uh, Atlanta, but the league, um, you know, having some experience with how the system works in Germany. I know you're not, you never, you know, we talked about the amateur level, but you know, you, you're more familiar with, players contracts expire and they go they go where they want to go or uh you you know tell me tell me about how frustrating it was you know everything i've seen from you was like you're you were just happy that it got done and that uh you know you were uh, you found a club that really wanted you uh you know what was what was frustrating about that whole process or or was it okay you know you know a lot of people think it was it's a horrible process and from afar my i did think it was pretty bad but uh, I don't know. I wasn't there on the ground level with you. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely a process. Um, I think we've uh, after we won the cup. Um, just to go back, I, I I know that it was kind of a time for me to to see if if there was if there was a new contract to be done for me. I, I've been um, and and at that time it didn't happen as I wanted to, um, which was all right. Like I, I I put my head down. I kept doing the same thing that I did the past two years kept getting better um, and, and just stayed consistent. So I, I've now I was in a position at the end of last or, or yeah, a few months ago um, where I've, I've produced consistently on a, on a pretty high level. Um, I'm obviously still on my, on my, my rookie, my first contract, which probably would have never, never been that way if, if it wasn't any other country, but that doesn't really matter. Um, but, um, yeah, so it just came to a point where I was like, this, this, this has to be the time for me to, to really look and, and, and go out and then kind of see, see where I can, where I can take this in terms of, in terms of monetizing it the best way I can. Um, because ultimately it's about my family and about my future and, and kind of what's ahead here, um, for me, um, in my life. Um, and it just, yeah, got to a point in Atlanta where I d- it just didn't really happen the way I wanted it to, um, which which was all right. Like it, it's fine. I, again, in the heat of the moment, I got I got frustrated a lot. Um, it was it was difficult times, mentally difficult at times, um, where the club just uh, sometimes doesn't or yeah doesn't value you in a way that you value yourself or that you think you you produced over the past past years. Um, so it was difficult from that perspective, but then ultimately, I think we we got to a point where we I wanted a solution, and and um, yeah, we kind of kind of just figured one uh, figured one out in the end, um, where where Atlanta was 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 then you know where I'm very thankful that they they kind of accepted a trade and then let me go um, to to then seek that contract somewhere else, and um, yeah, I don't think it's a secret that that ultimately I, I never really wanted to leave Atlanta, but not at all costs. And, and uh, um, it just kind of played out the way it did. And, and, and I'm, I'm not regretting really anything. Um, I'm here today in D.C. with my wife. We're expecting a baby. We're about to buy a house and, and we're really happy. Um, and that's really all that matters um, to me personally. 
Um, obviously, I'm very thankful for the time I've had in Atlanta. I'm very thankful for all the fans and, and all the memories that we've made and all that kind of stuff. It was an incredible time that I'll always cherish and remember and look back to with only positive thoughts, no matter how it kind of played out in the end now. Um, it was... Yeah, it was just difficult from a salary cap perspective, I think, um, where that ultimately, I think, limited the team. Um, and, and that's okay. Um, you know, those are business decisions that, that are part of the game. And um, we're, like I said, we're here now. I'm excited to be in D.C., excited for a new experience and excited for a new club. And, um, yeah, we'll kind of just see how, see how my career continues. And let me ask you this. If you, when uh, we finally get this thing going again and you go and you play in Atlanta, you, you score a bomb. Are you are you gonna throw up the? You gonna throw anything up, or are you just gonna say I don't? I'm not celebrating here. This is uh this is my old home. I mean, have you thought about that? I'm probably not gonna celebrate. I think I'd have too much respect. I have too much respect for the for what those fans do on a weekly basis. I mean, they're amazing. Even still, for me now, I get tons of messages. Um, even now, and that say just thank you, and, and you, you were such an inspiration to if that was me, my wife, my daughter, my son, whatever it is. Um, so I'm so thankful for those those people that are in Atlanta that have made that time for us so great, and have ultimately made me the player that I am, and allowed me to to kind of get where I am today. Um, so I probably wouldn't celebrate, um, but we'll, we'll hopefully that will that will be the case this year. Still, so we'll yeah, be, yeah. No, it was a very mature answer. You're mature beyond your years. Uh, so I, I, I scored against DC after they traded me, and I celebrated. And uh, Jaime Moreno, who I, I loved to death, thought it was super inappropriate and they had no problem telling me that. Um, so I, I have a different perspective on it now. But, um, it, you know, it is what it is. So uh, tell us what you have going on with, uh, you know, you, you've got a bit of a, a, a great social media presence. Um, tell us about your podcast, what you'd like to do with that, and, and where we can find you on all social channels. Uh, and then I'll, I'll, you know, talk a little golf and get you out of here. Yeah, I mean, on social at the moment, I don't know. I, I got bored the other day, so I did a little Q and A on Twitter. Um, so it's just different stuff. I mean, um, we're obviously trying to trying to stay connected to the fans in the best way possible. Is that through Q and As, or obviously the Gresso special is a good way for me to to kind of keep rolling those things out. We'll have a new, cool new episode uh, with uh, Paul and uh, Paul um, and, and Yamil. So Yamil, little Paul Ariola and Yamil Assad, um, we'll throw back to Atlanta. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to kind of work on, on different things. Like I said, um, if that's, if that's, yeah, just, just small stuff on, on personal development where I just listen to podcasts and, and, and read books on, on, on how to become a better leader, how to become a better person, uh, how now to become a father. Um, you know, those are, those are big things that are happening. So hey, you can, you um, can read all the books in the world, man. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, it, it is its own challenges. So it's a, uh, it's a great thing. And, and speaking of that, you know, we, we, anyone that follows, you knows you're a big golf guy. Um, you know, you, you, uh, you follow it religiously. You play it a lot. Uh, I would say, just enjoy as much golf as you can now because once uh, once the little one arrives, it's amazing how uh, how your golf game goes away uh, when when your time is a little bit more limited. So, or you got to work that in now. Uh, you got to work that into your schedule now so that it becomes a routine. But um, you know, that's my golf game stunk before I had kids, <laughs> and I just use it as an excuse. You know, now when I do play, but. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but you got some good guys there. Burn, Burnbaum plays. I know he's not very good. I think I'm better than him. 
but you know, there, there's some, there's some guys there. If you ever get a chance, go golf with Jaime Moreno. He's out there. Uh, you know, he's out there golfing all the time, man. He'll give you a good run for your money. Nice. Yeah. Thankfully the, the golf course is here. I actually just joined at a country club in Fairfax. Um, and thankfully they're still open during this time. I mean, if, if the weather were to get any better eventually, hopefully here in DC, we could, uh, we could go out and play a little bit, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm talking to my wife. Don't worry about that. I'm going to have to keep that going. All right. All right. Well, uh, well, Hey man, I appreciate having you on today. You, you know, you're one of the, the, the real wholesome guys in the league. I think everyone that, that knows you, uh, you know, loves what you're doing and, and, you know, on and off the field. And I think, uh, I think, guys like me took the took the beating from guys like Ben Olsen uh, while I played, you know, trying to do social media stuff. He hated it. And it was great to hear him the other day saying that he, he loves, uh, loves what you're doing. So um, I, I'd say give us, give us more if, if you got it. And uh, when, when this thing finally kicks back up, uh, you know, we'll be watching you and, you know, I know Atlanta's rooting for you, probably not when you play each other, but uh, I'm definitely rooting for you down here in Texas. And, uh, you know, keep, keep doing what you've been doing. That's, that's what you, uh, you know, you made your, your bread and butter on is, is just being consistent. And uh, I think you're, you got a bright future ahead and hopefully, hopefully U.S. men's national team. That's what I'm hoping. That's the American dream, baby. That's right. I will be complete after that, but yeah. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it, Bobby. Thanks for having me on and uh, all the rest to you as well. Obviously keep up, keep up the good work. I'm listening to your stuff. Don't all right. Thanks. I appreciate it. you and my mom. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Play by Players. Visit playbyplayerspod.com for more episodes or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a production of the MLSPA. Learn more at mlsplayers.org.